Welcome to Get Over Yourself, the podcast for successful women who are ready to get out of their own way and quit letting fear hold them back. You've worked hard to get to where you are, so it's about damn time you felt confident enough to enjoy it. I'm your host, Eloise Tompkins, and I've spent over a decade mastering the art of psychology so I can help women just like you stop the self-doubt spiral and learn to love yourself enough to move forward. Welcome to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, where today we're going to be talking all things mindset, although we're going to be extending beyond mindset because mindset alone is not enough. Yep, I've said it. Mindset is not enough. And I think so much of what's out there focuses on mindset, focuses on changing your mindset, changing your thinking, um, thinking positive, all of that kind of stuff. And I find that when people come to me and they're like, I've done all of this coaching, I've done all of this therapy, I've read all these self-help books, I've listened to the podcasts, and I'm still not feeling like it's enough. It still hasn't addressed the root cause. (laughs) And I would always be curious about that in my work. And I would always be like, what is going on? Why hasn't this kind of addressed the root cause? And What I have discovered is that mindset is just one part of the puzzle. And how I came to discover this was through, I guess, in part, my own journey. When I was in my 20s, that was when I first went to see a psychologist in my, I think, early 20s. And it wasn't a great experience. I didn't really feel like they uh, heard what I was saying But at the same time, I probably wasn't ready to have someone challenge me and to um, look at my own patterns, probably wasn't in the space to be open to that experience. Um, And it wasn't really until I hit my own rock bottom in my late 20s that I went to see a therapist and they were actually really great. They were a really good therapist and I felt so seen and so heard and so supported uh, and a lot of the work that we did was CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is essentially how your thoughts impact your feelings and how that then influences your behavior. And we looked at the way that I had some black and white thinking. So seeing things in extremes, either all or nothing, um, where I might catastrophize as well. So I'd think of the worst case. Uh, outcome that could possibly happen. Um, I'd take things very personally. I'd personalize a lot of things that would be going on, believe that things were my fault. So the thought work was incredibly helpful in understanding how that then linked to how I felt and then how I subsequently behaved was really, really helpful. And that was a really good starting place. What I noticed, though, is as I progressed on through my own journey was there was a limit to that. I could understand my thoughts and I could understand what was going on and I could understand why I was feeling particular ways. And I would still get triggered. I would still respond. And sometimes it felt like I wasn't even able to articulate the thought that uh, activated a particular feeling. And it made me feel really frustrated because I was like, I'm doing the things, I'm, I'm doing the work, but why is this not 
helping? Like, why am I still feeling so stuck? And it wasn't until I went through my own journey of becoming a psychologist myself and I started working with people who came from all different life backgrounds. So, for example, working in community health, um, you know, I'd be working with people who uh, perhaps didn't have some of those immediate needs that were being met. They were struggling financially. So they were struggling with that financial security and being able to just, you know, do simple things like put decent food on the table or pay bills on time. We're worried about electricity being cut off because they were struggling with their bills. And also working with other people who were successful, who had highly financial, uh, highly financial, they had good jobs where they were financially stable. They had a great career and seemingly had a great life who were also experiencing some similar things. And I was like, hmm, that's really interesting that regardless of the experiences that people are having, regardless of where they're at in their life, there's still this fundamental kind of core experience going on internally where people are struggling. And so I started going down a little bit of a rabbit hole with that and trying to understand why. And what I came to learn is that a lot of times they would have had something happen in childhood. And, you know, sometimes obviously, you know, there's a spectrum, but generally the emotional needs weren't met. And when our emotional needs weren't met, or we might've had parents who drank a lot of alcohol or there was financial instability, or they moved around a lot, or a, a parent just wasn't Uh, present because they had to work a lot or they were just emotionally unavailable Um, or, you know, sometimes it would be parents having affairs and like these things impact children in lots of different ways. They impact a child's sense of safety. They impact a child's sense of security. They impact our attachment to how we form attachments to other people. And so what I learned was that Regard, like regardless of, um, I guess, whether you had it all or uh, and had the financial security or whether you, you know, perhaps uh, had less, there was still that, I guess, core wound inside of us and they were unhappy and I could kind of see my own self in them and recognise that I'd done so much work and yet was there was still this piece of me that was like not quite uh, resolved, not quite healed, not quite having overcome what I'd wanted to overcome. It was holding me back because then all these things that I wanted to accomplish in my life and I was really struggling to accomplish them because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel good enough. And going through my thoughts and mindset, like, you know, sure, I can find evidence that I'm good enough. I can find evidence that I'm worthy, but I didn't feel it. It didn't feel true to me. And I could see this in my clients that were coming through the door. And so I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't be uh, just another psychologist who would do the mindset work. I wanted to fill that gap. I wanted to make sure that we got to the root cause of the issue. And 
so I did a whole bunch of reading. I did a whole bunch of learning and upskilling and learning. And what I uncovered was that missing piece is the body. And that blew my mind. (laughs) And maybe for you, it won't blow your mind so much, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it will. I don't know. Um, But it blew my mind because I think a lot of us, particularly people like us who might have high functioning anxiety, which I didn't realize about myself either. Um, I just thought stress was really normal. I thought working hard was really normal. I thought pushing myself to the brink of burnout was completely normal, Uh, not realizing that this was just my way of life since I was a child. It was my survival mode. So I kept push, 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 pushing myself in an attempt to motivate myself to achieve, because if I achieved, then I'd be worthy, right? So you can see how that starts to link in. But the problem was, is that I could rationalize that. And I could very much know this from a rational point of view. And I would have my psychologists point out the patterns. I would have, you know, read books on high achievers. And I'd be like, yeah, that's me. I I get it rationally. Yet from the internal sense, I could not move past it. So I was like, how do I move past this? How do I integrate my ra- what my rational brain knows and be able to kind of move past this and start doing things a little bit differently for myself? So I read books like uh, The Body Keeps the Score by Bess Levanderkolk. Uh, I read books uh, What Happened to You by Bruce Perry and Oprah, which is an incredible book because it's such a simplified, uh, simple, re- can't talk today, simple, easy reading. Um, the Body Keeps the Score is very long-winded uh, and very wordy. Um, and, I mean, I'm trained to understand how the brain and body works and all of that kind of stuff. But reading that, I was, even I was like, oh, Um, so if you are wondering which book to start with, I would definitely recommend the What Happened to You by Bruce Perry and Oprah. Um, What I learned is that our early life experiences, so essentially our childhood, which a lot of us kind of don't want to go back to, we're kind of like, that was in the past. I don't want to go back to the past, which I totally understand. If we've had tough childhoods, you know, can be hard letting ourselves go back there. So we want to rationalize it. I don't need to think about that because that's in the past. And we feel really comfortable doing the CBT work, the mindset coaching, the thought-based stuff, because we can keep it at a rational level. And if we keep it at a rational level, that feels safe. We feel okay to keep it at a slight distance. But what I learned is that if we keep things at a rational level and we keep them at a distance, then we're never going to fully integrate that whole experience. We're never going to be able to get past those blocks. Um, So what I kind of discovered is that things like emotional regulation, uh, stress and our cortisol responses are really impacted by those early life experiences. We can struggle to regulate those difficult emotions when we feel anxious or stressed. We feel stressed more often. We're kind of in this acute stress response, which just feels normal, which means also that it can make us 
it can be harder for us to then feel relaxed because we're not used to feeling relaxed. We actually don't know what it like it feels like to feel relaxed. So we're in this constant chronic state of overwhelm and stress. The problem with that is we think it motivates us. So we don't want to let that go. At least that's what happened with me. I did not want to let that anxiety go. And look, sometimes I still struggle with that because I'm like, if I have this anxiety, it's going to motivate me to get shit done. Um, Actually, it doesn't. <laughs> it uh, really doesn't. And I know this rationally, but uh, it, you know, it's, it's incredible how the mind and the body are so interconnected. And what I would notice though, is clients would come in and they would tell me that they'd done things like Reiki, uh, for example. And I'd be like, okay, what the fuck is Reiki? Um, and I'd, you know, be very, um, apprehensive about it. And I'd be like, oh, I done Reiki or I did acupuncture and it was really great. And it helped to release all of the tension that I was holding. And I would, again, this is years ago, (laughs) be just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, here I am, this qualified practitioner, um, who studied for so many years and has been told that therapy can help all of these people, uh, because, you know, therapy is what we do. We help people overcome all of their problems. And I realized that those beliefs weren't as accurate as I'd thought. And look, don't get me wrong. I think therapy is incredibly helpful, but what I guess I realized is that the mind mindset work alone is not as helpful as I thought. And what I realized is that if I wanted to help these clients overcome and truly kind of heal, truly resolve their problems, then it needed to be a holistic approach. We need to do more than just mindset. And so that's where, I, you know, I really recognize the mind and the body are so interconnected. And look, we can use the word trauma. Uh, I think people maybe I'm wrong on this as well, but sometimes we hear the word trauma and we think that trauma has to be this huge, big thing that's happened in someone's life. And that's not the case necessarily. It can be, but it's not always the case. Trauma essentially is just something that has happened too fast, too much, too soon for the body and the brain to be able to process. So, and and when that happens, the memory get stored in the body and later on as we you know continue to grow and develop and age that gets stuck in the body and kind of gets trapped in there and then sometimes things will go pokey poke on that trauma spot and it will then come out in our feelings and behaviors and sometimes we can't even identify a specific thought um, or the thought has been there for so long like since we were a kid that it's hard to then do that mindset work around it. So what I've learned to incorporate in my work is more what we call somatic-based work, which is essentially just working with the body and understanding that and being able to process that. And process just means essentially allowing ourselves to work with those feelings. So rather than pushing those feelings away, which I think is a lot of, our go-to strategies. I know that it was my go-to strategy. Uh, you know, push those emotions away. If I just kind of keep them at an arm's distance or pretend they don't exist, then I don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to get hurt. 
not recognizing at the time that by pushing them away was actually keeping me stuck and essentially keeping me hurt for longer. So what I started to learn and focus on were different types of somatic strategies. So things like focusing, which is essentially getting people tapping into their inner emotional experience uh, thing. And, you know, that's really cool because what I'll do sometimes is with focusing is get people to really think about that emotional experience and visualize it and see if we can start to unpack what that sensation in the body feels like, looks like, what kind of shape it might be, what kind of texture, what color, and being able to really identify and name what is actually going on in the body um, from an objective standpoint. And then I also do things like, and you probably would have heard me talk about this before, things like EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is hands down one of my favorite techniques to use with clients because it just works so quickly and unblocks those past uh, memories stored in the body so quickly that it, it, like it's just incredible. It's absolutely my favorite technique, hands down. And things like havening, which is something, uh, I guess that's a little bit newer for me that I've integrated in, as part of my toolkit. And just observing how introducing the body-based uh, techniques in addition to the rational things uh, like the mindset work, having the most incredible results. Like I remember working with a client who had witnessed her parents arguing a lot as a child. And uh, this is so many of my clients, like, you know, um, it doesn't have to be um, anything over the top. It was just a lot of arguments that they, this person was exposed to. And the way that they learned to navigate that was to not speak up and kind of withdraw, go into their room. And what that meant as an adult is that client didn't feel comfortable speaking up in their adult life. They learned that speaking up was like scary. And so we ended up doing uh, some EMDR sessions and what happened was they realized that they were able to speak up and they started speaking up more with their partner, setting more boundaries, feeling more confident in themselves. And it drastically improved their relationship, like their partner said to them, wow, you're so much more confident. You're not taking as much shit anymore. And she was like, yeah, I feel confident. I feel really good. Like I've never felt this confident in myself before. I finally believe that I'm actually worthy. And so this is why I love being able to use the somatic based techniques because they not only help process those emotions, they also allow for the mindset work to come through, to really solidify and for those mindset beliefs to really feel true. And I think that this is why mindset alone isn't enough. It's a great starting point, particularly if it's early days in the work, but it's not enough if you're wanting to address those root causes or if you're noticing within yourself, hmm, I've done a lot of coaching, therapy, personal development. I've read all of the books. I've uh, listened to the podcasts. Yet I'm still 
really struggling to move forward. I'm still really struggling to take the action that I'm wanting to take in my life. Then this is an indication that there's some unprocessed memory inside of your body that is waiting, is waiting for you to have the courage to process that. Um, and it's interesting because I was really scared of delving into this work and I went to a breathwork class, um, recently and I was terrified, <laughs> um, because I have heard breathwork is so powerful and I was like, well, I don't know what to expect. I, am I going to be okay? Like, is this going to be really weird? Uh, and it was just really powerful. It was really incredible because it helps connect you to your body. On the flip side, though, I do kind of want to talk through, I guess, safety with that. And um, one of the reasons that I, uh, I guess, have moved away from the psych psychology space a little is because um, I have noticed that there are places that do some of these things but don't necessarily take into account people's histories. And I've had clients who have done things like breath work or um, these body-based techniques, but um, it's opened up a lot for them in, in the sense of it's opened up so much emotion and they don't have the skills to be able to manage that um, through no fault of their own. They just hadn't been you know, taught those skills before. So if you are looking to do things like breath work or EMDR or any other somatic-based, body-based work, my advice would be to look for a practitioner who is qualified to deliver those techniques. They've done the training. And I would also recommend that they're trauma-informed. Now, trauma-informed doesn't mean that you have to go in there with a huge trauma because that's not the case at all. It's more so trauma-informed just means that we're respecting that everyone has their own life history. Everyone's going to have their own unique triggers. Um, I've certainly had my own unique triggers and we need to be mindful of those so that we can understand how to work with that person should those triggers pop up for them uh, in, a, in a session. So my hope is that you found this helpful in understanding why mindset in and of itself is not enough. And if you're finding this interesting and you're thinking, wow, I'd really love to learn a little bit more about how I can overcome some of my own blocks and how I can integrate my experiences because I'm noticing myself getting stuck. The link, there's a link in the podcast show notes to my website. Jump over to my website and book a breakthrough session. Uh, I would love to support you in that. This is my jam. <laughs> it's absolutely my jam. And I would love to support you through that somatic based work. So thanks heaps for listening and make sure that you tune into the show next week where we will have an interview with an incredible guest that I cannot wait to introduce you to. Out of all of the podcasts that are out there, I am so grateful that you chose to listen to this one today. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
It would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star review on this podcast so that we can help reach more like-minded women who also need a daily dose of motivation and inspiration to live their most authentic life. Take care and I'll chat with you next week.